Hello, my name's Rebecca. And I'm Stephen. And we are here today with a special guest. Yes, uh, so we are with uh, the wonderful people from Bardic Mystery Tour. Um, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Ed. I'm the DM. I run the sessions and I write them. I'm Emily. I play the sessions and I like them. Oh, and I guess I should say more. Um, I I play the Fear Bulb. He is not into names. He's a bass player. We're in a band. Um, and we we play rock shows and we solve mysteries. Uh, I'm Brayton. I'm also a bard. Emily didn't say that part, so I don't know how to do my line. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but I I play a character who's named Staff, but Staff is a changeling, and the rest of the band doesn't know that he's a changeling, so he is a guitar player in the band under the guise of Roger Stewart. Hi, I'm Nora. I'm playing Soft Wind in the Trees, Snowy Mountains, or just Windy for short. <clears throat> Windy is a tabaxi snow leopard um, from the high mountains. She likes the cold, and she's very curious, and she likes collecting things. And she plays well, the ukulele. We want to thank you guys for coming on. It has been an absolute delight uh, talking to you thus far, and we want to thank you for dealing with all of the technical issues that you had to on your end. We, we love you guys for that so much. Oh, yeah. we're No problem. We're excited to be here. We're really good with technology. We're like Technomancers if you've played Shadowrun. Technomancer. Oh. I would like not play Shadowrun is on my on my list. Shadowrun's should... good, but you gotta be really good at looking through books to find rules that are hidden, tucked in weird places, because that was definitely written by many different people that didn't agree on how the game should run. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what PDFs and the search function are for, right? Yeah, so it might actually work better now that we have search. Yeah, might. I'm used to. I'm, I grew up playing like uh, just with books, so it was very difficult to find like the how to cast a magic spell in the like weapons section or whatever they did in Shadowrun. <laughs> well, to be fair, they they've put out another edition since then, which is it's got to be more well organized. I heard I, like, it's, it's hot a, garbage. I think they put it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, that's what I heard. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I don't play it. I just heard from somebody else that does play it that it's hot garbage. Now, see, that sounds like it would be fun with all of the different rules, but I try and avoid anything that has that, like, heavy rules anymore. Uh, paranoia, I like because there are no rules other than whatever you want it to be. We played Paranoia back in, like, second edition Paranoia days. That was great. Uh, that's, I think I use a lot of random... <laughs> pieces of paranoia from that's my favorite game to run because it's just a lot of improv and goofiness and i think that's just the way to do it for me you can't be treasonous and read the rules if you don't know which rules he's using that particular session <laughs> exactly <laughs> this sounds like our D, &D session Shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well th th that is a good point that I, I got a lot of that when you guys were going through and starting so uh let me ask ed how much of that is improvised and how much of that is pre-planned because it feels like a lot of improvisation right off the top of your head. Yeah, I um don't I'm not used to planning D&D sessions and the whole mystery writing thing is really new to me. Uh having to have a story that actually comes back to itself is strange. 
So I work on, I work really heavily on character motivations to make a story that would make sense so that the characters can actually find it out uh, with real life deduction. And that works out for me because it means I don't have to plan anything else. And so everything else is just made up on the spot. But my new tool I've been using is whenever someone asks me a question, I make them roll a knowledge check and then I make them decide what it is based on how well they roll because then I don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That worked out really well with Mage Ball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those rolls track. We tried to write out the rest of them and it totally works. It's definitely a real game that you can actually play and (laughs) it makes sense. And we know how many people are on a team <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we will definitely have to get, uh, put those rules up <laughs> it's, it's eight to ten to 12 to 20 right <laughs> yeah 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 it's, well, no, if, it's five or seven or 13 or or you nine. let brayton roll a d20 and he rolls the first 20 in four weeks yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> only on the things that matter <laughs> Uh, so we've talked about a handful of uh, different uh, editions, games, RPGs. Um, what uh, RPG or edition got each of you into uh, role-playing games and that kind of stuff? Uh, that's a cool story because I grew up with this strange mix of... So my like my parents played first edition with like people they knew and so they had like the first edition dungeon master guide but when they went to buy a player's handbook uh second edition was already out so they bought the second edition player's handbook so i grew up on first edition dungeon master guide and second edition player's handbook like smashed together into one (laughs) so yeah that's weird i have a similar story so when my parents played, they had a Dungeon Master's Guide from first edition or something. <laughs> and my brother just told me the rules when we used to play. I don't know. Your brother sounds really cool. Oh, you, He's not that cool. These two are brothers. <laughs> if you don't what? know. Really? We, we did not know. What? I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I didn't infer that from that story at all. They keep it real on the DL. Nobody yeah, they, knows. They don't sound like brothers because there were no swear words in any of those sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I. Which really only means that we have an excuse for sounding exactly similar. I don't know what these two's excuse is. <laughs> hey, man, we're just cool that way. Yeah. You wish you could sound as cool as me and Emily. Yeah, we're not related at all. And I don't have the ability to have sarcasm erased, but I am not being sarcastic. We're not related. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then it's even weirder that you guys sometimes have those very in-sync moments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, maybe we we did a Vulcan mind meld a a while ago and forgot about it. I don't know. It's probably true. I didn't mean to derail the question. I got into it in D in in D five. Cool. I got into it in fifth edition uh, because these two brothers were like, "Hey, we're gonna do this podcast without you," and I was like, "I want to do that." And then they were like, "Cool." And then we started doing it, and it was fun. It's a really bad story. 
Um, so I have briefly guest starred in other people's D&D games or other role-playing games before. And I think the first one I ever actually played was Starfinder for like three sessions um, with a DM who let me do whatever I wanted to do, which was really, really fun. <laughs> He just I didn't I didn't need to know the rules. He just said roll a die and then told told me what happened after that. <laughs> um and other than that, I would say that D&D 5th edition is the one that I actually know the best now. I didn't know anything about D&D or the rules going into the first time I played with Bardic Mystery Tour, which was as a guest star in season 3. Um, and I've learned a lot more. Emily and I have had some practice fight sessions, so I knew how to actually fight and stuff. So I feel like I have a better grasp of the rules now, but still learning. She probably has a better grasp than I do. Definitely has a better grasp than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I end up being... So this is Brayton speaking since we have some... Move. <laughs> I, I feel like I end up being the... I come across like I care about the rules a lot, but it's only because Ed never read fifth edition. He was like, yeah, I'll DM. That sounds good. And so he keeps bringing in third edition terms all the time. And it's like, it's, I think it's funny for the podcast, but it was definitely frustrating at the beginning before I decided to <laughs> let it be funny. <laughs> we should just play with third edition character sheets. Not, I can't. <laughs> Third edition character sheets, but still fifth edition rules. Yeah, then we would know what Ed's talking about every time he's like, roll a blah, blah, blah. What are, what's the one you always say? Bluff check. Reflex save. Roll a reflex save. It a actually reflex says save, yeah. reflex save on there. Yep. <laughs> roll a sense motive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 He, tried, he had them try to use a use rope check. And I was like, there's, there's no way that that's going to make the list. <laughs> it's better than a skate artist because that's Pathfinder. We've done that. Oh, one that's before. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We've, 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 there's a lot of third edition, fifth edition Pathfinder mixed up rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, it turns out I've been doing a uh, five foot step wrong for <laughs> twelve years, thirteen years. Uh, goodness. Yeah. Did you did you play fourth edition at all? I did not play fourth edition in D and D. I played a variant of fourth edition that they used in the Gamma World uh, setting. Nice. And so it had a lot there. I really enjoyed. Uh, that fourth edition it felt a little clunky it, it felt it, it didn't feel like it had the creativity availability for character creation uh, yeah so. we skipped fourth we played pathfinder through the fourth era so uh, i i was vehemently against pathfinder for the longest time i was like no three five and <laughs> when fifth edition came out someone was like you want to play pathfinder and i was like yeah i guess fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't i haven't seen i haven't even read anything about pathfinder 2 that's that's out now right yeah pathfinder yeah, it is. it's really interesting because um as you choose like your backstory it affects like your ability scores Instead of like you rolling dice, your ability scores start at like 10 and then what you choose your backstory to be affects your ability scores. It's really interesting. That makes oh, sense. Yeah. That's like, actually a super cool mechanic, yeah. In life. <laughs> the, the, I, I think it's a very interesting mechanic. Now, you've brought changelings into your game, which is a, an Eberron mechanic. Is there any other type of mechanics that you're going to be bringing in from different sources? Uh, we play a pretty huge hodgepodge of like whatever we have available. I don't, um, 
I don't want to try to like pigeonhole us. So I opened it up to basically any resources people can bring to me. As long as what they bring in front of me looks pretty balanced, I'm fine with it. So, um, and it, to be honest, balance in D and D is like subjective at best when you have a free and loose DM style like I do. So, uh, if, if they find something homebrew they want to do or they want to get some weird item, we kind of try to work it into the story and make it happen. So uh, Brayton was really into Changelings. The Eberron book for 5th edition just came out not too long ago. I mean, a little bit before we um, started season four. But, uh, but you know, we were trying to incorporate some of that stuff in to get some switch some stuff up for fourth season. So. Well, I think it it definitely plays well. I, I've been enjoying all of the different characters that Brayden has had uh, through Raj. I think it's been really fun to see all of them. Um, how much of that was planned out ahead of time, Roger? Or is that all? I'm sorry, Brayden. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, so the plan was to have a bunch of characters. And I, I, I think that something that Bardic Mystery Tour hasn't done a lot of in the past seasons has been focusing on nods to other mystery storytelling. So I thought that'd be a good way to throw that in, but I wanted, um, like I, cre- I pre-created a couple personas that haven't shown up yet and just figured I'd wing it after that. But Roger was a last minute decision. Like I just picked a name out of nowhere. You know, so it just happened to be Roger. And then somebody else, I think it was Ed said, Oh, Roger Stewart. And then I ended up getting saddled into this concept of <laughs> trying to trying to um, do like a parody of Rod, Rod Stewart. Stewart. Um, and that's why it was such a bad British accent. And I felt guilty because it's almost offensively bad. <laughs> almost not offensively bad because it definitely is offensive. And uh, so that's why, I, well, you can listen to the show and you'll see what happens with it, but. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what inspired you all, um, I mean, from from both the, the first three seasons and then also the fourth season uh, to do Bardic Mystery Tour as a podcast and all of all, all of the wonders, wonderful stuff that you guys have done? Oh, this is me. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of my, I forced everybody into doing it. So... <laughs> um ed and i were in bands like punk bands well a punk band for years i was in a couple other punk bands um we know the other people from our social circles and i like making music but i really like this idea of making music that is recorded and is not played live because it feels different like when you're in a normal band you spend a lot of hours practicing and rehearsing to go play a show that's um what's a good word it dissipates it ephemeral ephemeral yeah oh good word so i had this idea of like well it's fun to play music and it's fun to record learning to record and producing music is interesting to me so then i thought well we could do this and we can write songs about D, and then it was like well i like actual play podcasts why don't we just record the session and then write a song about that and it'll be this gimmicky kind of like hand in hand thing so that's where the idea came from and i can only sucker so many people into doing it with me so 
I feel I like was, also I sounded like a jerk earlier when I was like, these two didn't invite me. I think you guys were just talking about it and I thought it sounded cool and I wanted to do it. So I kind of invited <laughs> myself. Even though I'd never played D&D before, it sounded really fun. Yeah, I was really... So Brayton was into starting a podcast and I have always felt like it's a real shame that like we're like, so Brayden and I are super into punk rock. Like Emily's in a punk a little bit. Um, we dabble in ska and stuff like that. You know that if you listen to our albums, but like the, I was always like, every time you find D and D music, it's always this like, Oh, this is what bards would sound like. You get like folk music, you get like, I don't know, instrumental stuff like that. But like, we are like, yeah, but I like D and D and I like punk rock. And so like, I want, punk rock music that represents D and D that's two things that I love, you know? And, um, so Brayden came, Brayden was actually making the podcast without me. He had a lineup. Um, it's true. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh yeah, it would be super cool to write all of our D and D adventures into, you know, rock songs we can play and stuff like that. And then I think they were like, they were kind of like down to the wire and they were like, we don't have a DM. We can't find a DM. They, I think they had someone lined up maybe. And they, fell short or something and i was like all right like i was like brayden's childhood dm so i was like yeah i'll write um some adventures for you to write songs about and then i think it was super final hour i was like what if they were just like scooby-doo mysteries that we like threw in there he was like if that's what you want to write sure yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 that reminded me to say this um a big important thing to me as a fan of D and D podcasts is that they take forever to develop stories. So you, you might spend three months waiting two weeks for an episode to come out to get another hour of story, but it might take eight episodes to get through an arc. And so that means you've waited two months. Oh, nope. That's four months. You've waited four months to get like a piece of story. So I wanted it to be like a sitcom where you it's like it's prescribed. You know that it's going to be four episodes and that's going to be that story arc. If you miss one, who cares? Because it's so hard to catch up. Like if you hear if your friends say, oh, listen to podcast a it's really good, but it's the third year. So now you have how many hours of podcasting to catch up on. But I wanted ours to be like, oh, yeah, just just listen from four weeks ago. You know, you can catch up in four hours or two hours if you start on the current episode, you know, so that was important to me. And so that's where this kind of like Scooby-Doo idea came from. Let's call it a Jabberjaw. That's true. Um, I didn't initially latch on to Scooby-Doo. I was looking at like Josie and the Pussycats, Jabberjaw kind of antics. I don't know. Because let's face it, Scooby doesn't have a band in it, but Jabberjaw is a band that solves mysteries yeah. to play a show. So, <laughs> so I think that that is one of the things that I really do enjoy most about your podcast is that with the four episodes, you can tell that it's all one arc; they're all an hour. It makes it that much easier to get through, and I I, I do agree that it, it is that much easier to just jump right in. Because people have told me about other actual plays and like four hour sessions are just unbearable sometimes. And I think that yours is a perfect bite size and it it always leaves you wanting just a bit more, but it's just enough that you're sated as well. Cool. Thanks. So um, one of the questions we have written down that we prepared before all of this 
is why did you choose the five items uh, that you chose to be summoned in with? Oh, because I read that email way after you sent it and went, oh, Brayton, we have to send this back, I think. What's what's some stuff we can put in the middle of a summoning spell? And so um, he said a hammock. And then later we decided that that would be a pretty costly thing to put in to a summoning <laughs> spell. So we settled on a tent spike for me. And then... Wait, say so why? Oh, okay. because I like hanging out in the woods, like literally hanging out. In wait, a... wait, wait, wait till there's no Sorry, stopping. Sorry, the person upstairs walks loud. <laughs> okay. Right. Um... What was I saying? Just start with, so we chose this stuff. Oh, so we chose all this stuff uh, on a whim, I guess. And to get my character there, because he likes hanging out in the woods in a hammock, we chose a hammock, and then we scratched that idea because we decided that was too expensive to put into a summoning spell. And so we settled on a tent spike. And then there was a ball of yarn, because I remember having a conversation with Nora about that at some point, that she likes yarn and other things cat related yeah we talked about it <laughs> yellow is my least favorite color though so whenever you said that i was just like Ugh. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they damn you and your alliteration steve i should have uh i should have specified teal maybe sorry Okay. It was late. I was I like, I like the idea that the entire time, uh, Wendy is just like grimacing because she knows she was summoned by yellow yarn. She wants yeah. the yarn, but tells me what the yarn. <laughs> uh, what else do we put? A mirror. That was uh, Roger picked that. I mean, Brayton picked that for Roger. I mean, for staff. It does. <laughs> As a side note, you might you probably have to go back. I think you skipped the mirror in the description, so you might have to go edit oh, that post. Said, no, he said mirror. Yeah. Oh, if I missed it, I'll make sure that we we'll, we'll make sure that we have no, all five I've, of those. I've written it down. Okay, good. No, yeah. I was like, good. All right. I don't know what else we picked. Gerbil uh, pellets for our lar- for our drummer. That's a spoiler. Nice. Say it without. Yeah, that is a spoiler. Oh, sorry. Gerbil uh, pellets for our drummer. That's a spoiler. <laughs> and set list. Oh, and a set list because we're a band. And oh, yeah, we're I band. always go to, like, I always, I, when I used to go to shows before there was a pandemic, you always want to steal, time. you always want to steal a set list, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we went to see Voltaire in Pittsburgh and he was writing out the set list while he was talking to us. And I was like, I'm going to steal it out of his hands right now. Yeah. And like half of the stuff that he wrote down, he didn't end up playing, which is the best part. That's a good that's a good musician joke. I like that. <laughs> but Brayton said it should be beer soaked, and I didn't type that in because it was late. <laughs> it's a tale, and I should have specified a color. But yeah, yeah those are the items. Right. That's why we picked them, I guess. No one else had a say except Brayton. <laughs> <laughs> they asked me after the fact, and I said a dead mouse. Yeah. Instead of a it, But then yard. Nora said a dead frog would have been better. Yeah, I don't go hunting mice. I go hunting frogs. With a dagger. With a dagger, but I don't actually use it. (laughs) It's very confusing.
so uh, then uh, it was briefly spoken about uh, being part of punk bands. Um, where did you guys learn how to music? Uh, I have played instruments. This is Emily. I've played instruments, in case you can't tell. It's a <laughs> I've played instruments for, I don't know, since I was like second grade or something, like piano lessons, and then I quit that, and then cello lessons, and then I kept doing that, and I don't know, I just picked up guitar after I finished school, and I just really like music. I wrote some songs in that time period after I finished school, and then I definitely ripped off one of them for one of our songs which is my favorite of our songs maybe I don't know I got like four favorites but um yeah I've been playing instruments for a long time and do you have uh an instrument that is particularly your favorite to play and or listen to I think my favorite to play is the guitar because singing and playing at the same time is possible and I know there are probably people that can play the cello and sing at the same time, but I am not one of them. And I think it's more satisfying to have harmony and a melody simultaneously. And since I'm not very good at the piano, guitar feels better for that. It feels like a full unit on its own. It doesn't need extra things, but it's nice to add those things. Yeah. And then I don't play the bass, but my character does. And so I've been struggling through learning how to play the bass for this character. What about the accordion? Oh, yeah. And I learned how to play the accordion, which is featured in the song Retcon, which we can totally share. And I'm not good at that either, but it's so fun. Uh, adult choices. <laughs> so uh, with, with uh, your character, I, I do want to ask, uh, because I did ask Brayden specifically about Raj and how much was improvised there. With you, a lot of it is forgetting names and ignoring information that's going on. Did you find that you're actively trying to avoid things going on in the campaign so that way you can be surprised? Or is it all you've heard it, you've retained it, and then you're just reacting to that? I am really a good note taker, and I just don't take any notes. And so when I played my first character, Flo, I took really good notes. And then Sammy, Brayton, whatever, he would look over and copy all my notes and know things because he looked over my shoulder but I knew everything and I paid attention and I was really careful about learning everyone's names. But in this case, I just don't take notes. And then I just, I mean, Ed is like, here's 16 characters to try and keep straight. And I'm like, ah, okay, good, great. There are so many that I don't even have to try to not know who these people are because I can't keep track of them without notes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh. That's well, that is fantastic. I, I always enjoy hearing a uh, big guy and how he reacts to different things. And one of my favorite, I think, is the postcards. Is You have done so much with the postcards every single uh, of the arcs, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, my favorite one was the time... Okay, this might be a spoiler, but like a back spoiler. Flo was into postcards, too, because we started that for our Patreon, and they really do actually get sent home to people. And um, I stole a painting... And then I cut them. I cut up the painting. Like I made a screen print and I photographed it and cut it up into. I, I have seen it. It is. Yes. It is absolutely wonderful, and That's it is a favorite. great little Easter egg for them. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> One of the things that we've been working on for because when we had uh, initially like we're going to have you guys on, I wanted to go through and I 
commissioned with an artist and I'm working with him uh, as we're hoping to do a postcard uh, of you guys in Sharn as just a little homage to the whole thing. Oh, that'd be so cool. Well, we'll share it. I mean, we're going to share everything that you guys put out just so let us know and we'll keep looking at things. We're really bad at social media. <laughs> Same. As does Nora join? Oh, that's true. Nora saved the day. She's like good at things. She's like a real adult. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, check in the boxes, write the to-do list, check them off. You know? That's how she made all that Girl Scout cookie money. You, you yeah, man. So uh, uh, Nora, oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. So so Nora, musically, what? How, how do? How do? How do? Um, well, I also grew up in a very musical family. I took piano lessons at a very young age, and my grandma made me cry so bad that I stopped. And then I took up the flute for a year, and I hated that, so I stopped doing that. Um, but I've always been a singer. I've always liked singing. I've been in a lot of choirs. So in high school, I did like a, a madrigal and a passion play. And then in college, I was part of at least three different choirs, including a traveling choir. And after I graduated, I joined two local Pittsburgh choirs. So I've always really been into that. I love singing um, in a group, and I love singing in parts. Um, and I don't have a lot of the, the musical theory and training that Brayton and Emily bring to the table. They understand a lot more of the formal stuff than I do, but I can hear a lot of things with my ear. Um, and I can usually sing a made-up harmony to stuff. So that's the part that I really like. And I started playing the ukulele probably about a year and a half ago because I started backpacking. And I really like singing around the campfire. And I wanted to have an instrument that I could bring with me whenever I went backpacking. So that's why I picked that up. So you really lived the uh, tragedy begets art begets tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> that cycle, you know? Yeah. Did you say uh, a magical? Madrigal. Madrigal, yeah. What's a magical? It's like a Christmas celebration. You sing Christmas songs and you dress up in outfits, like old-timey, renaissance outfits. And you go to, like, senior homes and community centers and... It's also kind of religious. Oris is little flower. It can be like yellow That's or orange. <laughs> Break it open to get the seeds out. Yeah, yeah. All right. I know what that is. <laughs> you can plant the whole bud. No, too. that's a marigold. A madrigal is when uh, a bunch of it, it's 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 a it's a native Mexican band. That's a mariachi. You're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about like the animals that have like the really long limbs. A giraffe? Marsupial? Oh, marsupial. <laughs> <laughs> they give live birth to eggs. What? Wait. That's a bus. <laughs> no, that's not. Those are opposites. <laughs> They're not opposites. The eggs are alive! <laughs> Which came first, the marsupial or the egg? Dude, Good. Australia's fucked. I don't know. You can cut that if you want. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely. We'll 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 go through and uh, we'll, I, I, we're not sure how we feel about swear words. I've been slowly trying to work them in and just push them as hard as I can. I feel like an OOCs. It's okay. If Absolutely. You do. Our parents hate it every time we cut. My parents listen to every one of our episodes. And my mom, every time I see her, is like, your podcast is really cool. It'd be nice if you didn't swear so much. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a burden. Um, so if you choose to be explicit, it's like a burden to make sure that you mark everything as explicit. But then that, the, I don't know. I sometimes wish that we didn't swear, but at the same time, I really like it. So I was going to say the, the well-placed F bomb, like can, can make or break. I, I think my favorite uh, of all of them is, uh, is still Sally Shitstain. Just that's, that's your name <laughs> and how surprised you were later on. Uh, just, oh, the, the <laughs> it, it it definitely uh it it makes it feel more realistic I I think because a lot of times saying like oh gosh or oh gosh or oh darn it just that's not that's not life man fucking hmm. put in the swear word yeah we yeah, always say worry. we're family friendly if your family says fuck <laughs> <laughs> and mine does we're good <laughs> uh, Steve you had a question for of Nora. course uh, Nora so. <laughs> uh, I apologize. I'm stuck on fuck. I <laughs> We've all been. Uh, yeah, so, it happens a lot. Uh, I've noticed uh, Wendy keeps grabbing small trinkets from different places. She was trying to track down a tabaxi, what is it, tabard? Not tabard. Uh, what is the word? Tapestry. She was trying to track down a tabaxi tapestry initially, and then she has procured an item from the gift shop. Is that an ongoing thing with her character, or is it just random things that you wanted to bring in? Well, I'll tell you one thing I wrote on my character sheet, which is that um, I, Tabaxi treasure knowledge, not things. I wrote it there as a reminder to myself so that I would remember that, and I have just not complied with it because I think <laughs> part of my character that I like to collect things. So... Uh, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm always going to pick up more trinkets. And I write them all down on my character sheet. So, I mean, she 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 treasures the knowledge that she has the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's true for a lot of people when they're playing D&D is that y you just want, you want tchotchkes. You want little things in your inventory so you can be like, yeah, no, I've got a stuffed plush from a fantasy world. <laughs> You never know when it's going to come in handy. Maybe you need a distraction. Uh, maybe, maybe you need to like, make a trade. You know, yeah. you trade with somebody and they only like really weird things. So that's why you got so many bags. You got to carry it all. Yeah. I got a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I've noticed uh, is that this season uh, is very... 70s 80s it has that very mellow feel to it uh why did you choose that type of music or, or that style of music to represent the band is, is that how you see the band what a oh. question. yeah that's all nora's fault yeah I, when... read, I read the first two songs <laughs> before she was here we were all like 90s music <laughs> true. we did we faced um a little bit of writer burnout honestly that um it's tough. Like we're cranking out content and it's a pretty tough schedule. And Nora's a breath of fresh air and yeah. she saves us constantly with stuff like that. So that might just be Nora's influence. Yeah. You might've heard them say that they're all into punk rock. I'm not very punk rocky. I would actually describe myself as very like poppy and folky influenced. So I really like bluegrass. So I bring a lot of that influence to any song that I write. So that might've been why those first two songs, especially sounded more laid back. 
Yeah, and I'm into what Nora's into and punk. So that's why that one song we did together when you were guest starring was like, yes. I don't know oh, what it's yeah. called. Good uh, Berry Wine. Good Berry Wine. Yeah. Yeah, that song has really nice vocal harmonies. Yeah. That's Nora. And you. Pop. <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful to hear just the interactions uh, of the different types of music. And I think that it is... I can't wait to see what comes next. If you guys do another reboot season with a new band eventually down the line, I just, I think there's so much potential and it's, it's wonderful to hear every step of the way. I just, I, I cannot gush enough about how great I find this podcast. Well, once I kill off all these characters, new band. <laughs> You'd start with Raj. Then we have to come up with another band name. That took us so yeah. long. <laughs> That's the worst part of any any D and D group is coming up with the name, the adventuring group name or the band name. Yeah, mm-hmm. that those are always terrible. Yeah, uh, Stephen in in the campaign that I DM, uh, their group name is the Plain of Tears. Oh, Plain of Tears. <laughs> the Plain of Tears is that's pretty good. That sounds like a ska band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the Planet Tears, but D and D. Right. That's yeah. good. It it it's uh it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> I absolutely love uh Dreamlancers and I've loved some of the other bands that have come up, uh, Death Saves, uh Willie and the Willies. Williamson and the Wild Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. It is it's just your world is very fun and even if it's, it's a breath a- of fresh air um from traditional D D, because uh, so many actual play podcasts a lot of dms will be like no we are traditional high fantasy world this is my campaign setting blah 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 and first episode you guys are like yeah no there's a recording studio in town it's like this whole thing and it was yeah it and their mayhem starts off with a van and <laughs> it's fine uh we have a lot of what's it called new blend anthropo um, Anachronism. Yeah, we we have a lot of an 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 anachronism. Is this your prestidigitation song? Anachronic. Anachronic. Anarchic. We have a lot of anarchy. That too. Yeah, that works for sure. (laughs) We go back. I we go back and forth. Sometimes there's inside plumbing. Sometimes there's not. It's kind of how i feel that day it's fluid yeah. that's all right i think that it really plays well because it's you deciding whether or not it will affect what you want so you know right now it doesn't matter if it in later ones you're like ah, they don't have outdoor plumbing you're gonna have to go to the outhouse outside uh, or indoor plumbing uh, house outside i think it it just it feels really alive because not every aspect of the world is is you know that same consistent homogenous nonsense you have places that feel very different and you can tell one town from the next and it's just really nice thank you where can people listen to uh bardic mystery tour and um also contact you guys or stuff like that well come check us out at bardicmysterytour.com we're also on all social media and podcast outlets of your choice. Spotify, Podbean. What's the Apple one? Apple Music. iTunes. iTunes. I don't know. Apple, Apple Podcast. Podcasts. Apple Podcast. Um, 
And then oh, like yeah. us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And apparently we're on TikTok, but just and our music. And, and we're TikTok famous now, so. <laughs> uh, did you guys see that Amazon is doing podcasts now too? No. Yes, yeah. I, okay, I got cool. an email. I don't know if anybody else got one. No. Okay, cool. Everyone that okay. cares about podcasts knows that. <laughs> <laughs> so or some, emails. So some of us know that. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being part of Tiny Taverns and uh, doing two totally different interviews with us uh, in one sitting. Um, Stephen, would you would you like to? Uh, it's it's been absolutely fantastic having you guys and seeing the interactions between all four of you. It feels very fluid and it just very natural, and it's absolutely wonderful to get to see that that continues outside of the podcast. It genuinely sounds like two people are talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, based on the amount of mic trouble we had, you know there are four. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Um, we think your podcast is awesome. I really enjoy that. It's not an actual play. It's not informative. It's uh, entertainment in world, and that's beautiful. And uh, we think you guys are awesome, and we wish the best for you guys. So I think what you're doing is great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Uh, I think we had a similar reaction to what you guys wanted uh, to bring to the world because that's what we wanted. There is not a lot of entertainment and fun inside of D&D, and we wanted to be that small bit of light. And that's why we're doing the Tiny Taverns, too, is to introduce different types of music. Uh, there's actually a, uh, a trio of Warforged from Eberron who produce rave music, not rave music, electronic music. Yeah. And yeah. really excited about introducing that as well. <laughs> Just a lot of different takes on things that I don't think people will think about generally when they think D&D. Yeah, cool. this is really awesome. Thanks sir, so much for having us. So, uh, what's the song that you guys are gonna quote unquote play? Oh, it's, it's called Retcon, and it's about how when you're playing D and D, sometimes you have to go back and be like, "This is what actually happened because you didn't do it right in the story." <laughs> do you want to tell more about that, Ed? But I plan everything perfectly, and I say it right the first time. <laughs> It's got a little well, ska feel. Well, I, 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 as a huge ska fan, I'm delighted to hear it, and hopefully, all of our listeners will enjoy it as well. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, do we have anything else? Well, then, uh, please play us out. All right. Like a 